0: all right and we're back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and the pop culture cosmos thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows and if you get a chance and you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, please 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 give us that five-star review that five-star review on apple Podcasts that helps us get us more available to Lakers fans everywhere so they can hear everything that's going on with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, thank you so much for allowing us to take a little bit of a Thanksgiving break. Wanted to go ahead and thank all my guests so far this season. And it's because I'm so thankful for having them on the show. But we're back once again to talk about a lot of major stuff because December is here. And I've got a lot of things to discuss with Laker Tom. And as someone who's very concerned about the road ahead, I want to hear the optimism this guy shares so much on each and every episode because it gets me pumped up for what's going on with the Lakers. He's the man behind Lakerholics.net. Please, you got to be a part of the conversation today if you're a Lakers fan. That's Lakerholics.net. Tom, Jamie Sweet, my contributions with the podcast, there's so many other great people a part of the Lakerholics.net community. you got to be a part of it today. It is my good friend, Laker Tom, a.k.a. Tom Wong. See how I reversed it this time? It's usually the other way around.
1: How you doing, Gerald? Have a nice Thanksgiving?
0: Uh, What I could go ahead and put through a feeding tube because I had my wisdom teeth pulled out on Wednesday. So it was kind of like, you know, everything was uh, soft, soft and mushy. But as I told you before we went on the broadcast today, I was going to go ahead and gut it out because my head still feels like it took a charge
1: from LeBron. (laughs) That's exactly how a charge from LeBron probably feels. Yes, yes, um, indeed. I'm a Niner fan as well as a Laker fan, so so Sunday was a tough day to go through.
0: Yes, um, yes, that was a double ouch for you. But you know what? Things could be worse for the Niners being 10-2 and, and the Lakers being 17-3. and three, Okay, things could be worse out there. But we're going to go ahead and delve into the show, some of the major questions, because the month of December is now here. There's no more looking on the horizon. There's no more, okay, down the road, what happens, what if, what if. And the Lakers did not get off December to a good note per se because their second half against the Dallas Mavericks was atrocious by any standards of any, you know, however you want to weigh it, Uh, their defense, their offense, just nothing seemed to click in the second half after they had a three-point lead going into the half. So with the Dallas Mavericks, give them all the credit in the world. They are a team, and I will talk about this hopefully soon with TJ Johnson because I know he wants to talk about Luka, Luca Luca Luka. And, and the fact that he's doing so well, that the Dal- he's carrying Dallas to reality. They are a legit team at this point in time. And if you don't take them seriously, things like the second half of the, the Lakers game can happen. But before we go ahead and get into December and some of the things that I've been really wanted to talk to you about as a sign of optimism for the Lakers fans out there, I want to hear your thoughts on the game itself. Where did it all go wrong for the Lakers against the Dallas Mavericks?
1: Well, I think there, the third quarter obviously was a terrible quarter. I mean, it it started off bad and it just got perpetually worse. And we went from we went to a twenty point deficit at certain points in time. And I think I think some of the things that happened in the third quarter are are reflections of what went on in the first seventeen seventeen wins that we had. The two biggest failures I thought were number one, not attacking the rim. Settling for three-point shots in the last 10 days, last 10 games before we played the Mavericks, we had been leading the league at 42% in three-point shooting. And we shot in that fourth, third quarter there, just like we thought we were still leading the league, and we missed most of them. The second thing that killed us, and it's something that is really, if if you were talking about concerns that I have going forward, the biggest concern I have going forward is our rebounding. The Lakers ranked 17th in rebounding and when you consider that you've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, there's no way you should be even middle of the pack in rebounding. You should be one of the best rebounding teams in the league. I mean, we lead the league in block shots. We lead the league in having the fewest block shots against us. So uh, there's a there's a missing link in our power game and both in attacking the basket and rebounding well. I didn't count the number of three-point shots that the Mavericks made after getting a second or third offensive rebound, but there were numerous times when that just killed us. But looking at all of that, I still think that the the reality of what it is is that you can't win all the time. This is a great league, and Luka Doncic, there are three teams that are just kicking themselves in the rear for not drafting that guy number one. If they could do that over, there's no question that he was – you know, a chance to get a LeBron-esque superstar, and the Mavericks were able to pull that off. And and to think that they did it in a trade is even even bigger credit to them for having had the foresight to, to pull that deal off. But it's just one game, and you have to remember, you know, I mean, everybody's talking about all that's happening, and, and this happens with the Lakers all the time. The news is just nothing but disaster. Lakers, soft schedule, catching up with them, et cetera, et cetera, reality setting in for the Lakers. Two days ago, the Spurs upset the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. Kawhi went eight for 23. George went two for 10. Lou Williams went two for 11. And they lost to the Spurs, for God's sakes. Nobody said anything about that. And yet the Lakers lose a game to the Mavericks, only the third loss of the year, and it's like the earth is falling. I think the response that LeBron and A D have, both of them coming out and saying that the Lakers are not going to lose two games in a row the rest of the year is exactly what they need to do. It's a blessing in disguise, in my opinion, because you gotta have you have to have these games to bring teams back to reality that you're not gonna go eighty-two and zero or sixty-nine and three or some crazy record like that. The players are too good and Human nature is just such that, you know, after a while, you just think you can't lose. You think you can turn it on anytime you can. And when the Lakers got behind by 20, you know, I was still thinking, oh, maybe they can turn it on and do it. They had one little streak where they cut it down to 12. And then I can't remember who it was, but somebody missed a layup that they should have made. I think it was Rondo or Danny Green missed a layup that he should have made. And then that just turned around into a five-point swing around as they came down and hit a three. So it's just one game. Remember last time we lost, we turned off, We turned around and had a 10-game win streak. The time before that that we lost, we turned around and had a seven-game win streak. I think we'll turn around and have a win streak again this time. I don't know if it'll go seven or 10 games, but I definitely don't think that we're going to be falling into a hole like the rest of the world seems to think.
0: Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about because the rest of the world for some time now has said, okay, look at the schedule in December look at the schedule in December. I've listened to every podcast that's out there. I've listened to every NBA show that's on NBA, Sirius XM and all these pundits and all these experts and all these individuals out there that are covering the NBA, the reporters and like, they're all saying, okay, wait until December because you've got one of the hardest, if not the most difficult schedule out there in the NBA coming in December. You've got a lineup. In fact, this week you've got Denver, Utah, and Portland. Portland's on a hot streak. They're coming right back into the playoff mix very quickly with the addition of Carmelo Anthony. And that's something I also touch on with TJ Johnson, hopefully coming up if I get a chance, because I know he wants to talk about that as well. But I want to ask you this, my friend, because I've been hearing this for weeks now, as the Lakers have continued to win and win and win against sub-500 teams. It's hard to go ahead and argue against right now because they've not done it so far against above 500 teams. So I ask you, my friend, heading into December, as a sign of optimism, you got to tell me and you got to convince Laker fans out there that actually it is going to be okay and the Lakers will prevail. And by the end of December, at least hopefully, we'll go ahead and
1: still have a major role in what goes on in the NBA's Western Conference. Well, first off, I think our record against 500 teams right now is teams above 500 is three and three. We've lost three games against teams that are above them, and we've beaten three teams that are up there. We beat the Mavs. Um, I can't remember who the other teams were. But the record, I looked at December's record pretty closely or December's schedule real closely. There are 14 games. Eight games are for teams that are above 500, and six games are for teams below 500. I did this in basically an article that I did recently that one of the things that the Lakers need to do since – Neither LeBron James nor Anthony Davis wants to participate in any kind of load management of the type that the Clippers are using with, uh, with Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, basically, if they're healthy, both of those guys want to play in every single game. So the only way the Lakers can get any load management is what they're doing now. Let them take it easy in practice or blow out people and be able to rest them in the fourth quarter like they did the other night. I think the Lakers are going to be fine in December. I think that they're going to, you know, what happens, great teams basically start off the season and win the games that they have to win. The Lakers have done that. You can't blame them for having an easy schedule in November. Um, Unlike the Clippers who lost three games to teams under 500 during that period of time, including the Spurs with their full lineup there, the Lakers have been able to take care of business. That gives them a little edge because they can, then afford to lose the game here and there when they're playing tough competition. I still expect them to go through and maybe my, my predictions are 10 and four for the next 14 games, which would put us at 27 and uh, six, 27 and seven, um, which would still be probably the best record in the league at that point in time. Other teams also have some tough schedules in December, but I don't think the, you know, it's, it's not as tough because there's really only a few teams that I really think are going to beat us most of the time. The Clippers, basically, I think it's a toss-up. Lakers and Clippers, every time they play, it's going to be a close game. Uh, it's going to be a game that if they were running a seven-game series, it's going to go to the seventh game. As good as the Mavericks played last night, I don't think if you play a seven-game series against the Mavericks, it isn't going to go seven games. The Lakers will take that in five or six games. I and they, they do, do have
0: a win over them. They also have a win over the uh, right. Miami and Utah. So you're right. It is three and three. So there's, uh,
1: you know, so I, I think, what everybody has to keep in mind is that great teams play to the level of their competition, no matter how you try to spin it. They play better against the best teams and often they play worse against the worst teams. The Lakers have been able to win every single game against the teams that they should beat. And to me, that's a big sign. I think that we've seen enough in those signs of the way that LeBron has played, the way AD has played. They just need to get their power game going a little more and stop relying upon the three-point shooting. And I think that they're going to do that during the next stretch of games. The rebounding is the biggest concern that I have. I want to really see them come out and dominate the boards next game. I think Bogle is a great coach, and Vogel's going to focus on that. But I think that everybody's overreacting for one loss. You know, that's just a bad game. They came in, they basically had the worst quarter they've had all year out of 17 times four quarters, uh, or 19 times four quarters. So in 20 games, they played 80 quarters. That third quarter was the worst quarter they had. Their defense was a step slow. But, man, the Mavs moved the ball like a championship team during those stretches. You watch that ball fly around there, and they hit their three-point shots, all of them in the clutch times. That guy, Finney Smith, he was just unbelievable the way he was knocking down threes. And a couple of those step backs of Lucas were totally LeBron-esque. And LeBron went 0 for 5 from from deep, basically, primarily because he's been shooting and hitting them all. So, you know, you get into that game situation and you settle for it. Uh, I also thought that as we move forward, we're going to see a lot more of AD going harder to the basket. I think he's been settling for too many. You know, he's never been a bruiser. That's not been his style, even though he's 6'11". He can dunk the ball and so forth. He's basically been a guy who's usually content to take that 12- to 15-foot jumper and even a fadeaway jumper in a situation like that. I think we want to stop doing those kind of shots and really focus. And that's what I expect is going to turn us around. Plus, I think we're going to go back to defense. That's what got us started off on this streak. We still rank fifth in defense and sixth in offense in the league and fourth in, in net rating. So we're still in good shape. It's just one game. And I think it's silly for Laker fans to panic over the one game. We'll be back
0: with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I agree with you, but there's still a lot of concern coming up because the road ahead is much tougher now for the Lakers here in December. But I'm going to tell you, they're always going to be compared to the Clippers for the rest of the season regardless. That's that's just a given, but it will help alleviate a lot of things if they go ahead and win that matchup on Christmas. If they don't,
1: then that's just going to hover. We'll We'll live with it till the next matchup. We play them four times, so there's going to be four opportunities to see what happens there regardless of whether the Lakers win the next three or the Clippers win all three of them, that's going to be a seven game series when they meet. And that's, you know, and, and it's a shame that the NBA is not going to try to seed this, the finals before next year, because I would, you know, the, the Western conference finals are going to be the NBA finals. Everybody can see that right now.
0: But I do have a concern when it comes to, you know, I think what I saw in the, in the Dallas game, but also an, a theme, that's going on with a consistent third player coming off Mm -hmm. helping support LeBron and AD. We were hoping it would be Kuzma and there was a five game stretch where it looked like it was going to be Kuzma, but for the most part this season, it has not. And I'm disappointed with Kyle Kuzma's results so far. I think I can't say otherwise because it's just not been there as of yet. He's shooting just a little over 30% from the three point area he's only giving you about 12 to 13 points a game right now that you know and there's no one else right now that's consistently stepping up game in game out to help support LeBron and AD so so much of the workload is on their shoulders at this point in time and like you said if they're not giving it 100% at all times you're going to have and so in those type of quarters that we did in the third quarter where it's just that, you know, LeBron and AD, even if they're out on the floor, are not giving you as much as they can because they're just so overloaded. So I ask you, my friend, is this a concern for Lakers fans that the the Lakers have yet to find a third player to go ahead and just take some of the burden off those other two great players?
1: I remember you telling me that when I was really high on Kuzma, coming back very quickly, that it was going to take Kyle some time to get his mojo together and, and really start to feel like the player he was last year. And I think for the last five or six games before the Mavericks game, he was doing that. He was hitting clutch shots and, and showing signs of that. But I think it's still going to take a couple of weeks for him to really get his legs underneath him and really start to feel comfortable. He's going to need to have some successful outings. I don't think one bad game is going to you know hold him back. He's He's never been a guy who... Who loses confidence very easily, if you will. He's always been a pretty hyper confident guy. So I think that, but I do think that it is important for the Lakers to get somebody who can consistently be that third player. You can win five or six or seven games in a row easily by having a third superstar, a third star emerging from the ranks. One game it could be Bradley. Next game it could be Danny Green. Next game it could be Kuzma. Uh, or somebody could come off the bench and surprise with a whole bunch of points. But you really need that third high score, especially with the two superstars we have. And Kuzma's basically, I think, the only player on the team who can really fill that role. So if he doesn't fill that role, then that will be a concern. But I think it's too early to be panicked about that. I think what happens with teams is you, you go through a streak where you perform early. The Lakers got off to a great start and performed early. Then they got whacked down by the Raptors. Well, they turned around after that loss to the Raptors and really rolled through the next 10 games. Now they got knocked down by the Mavs. So the question is, it's up to the Lakers to basically take it upon themselves to take their game to another level. And that's what great teams do. If we don't do that, then we're not a great team. So it just comes down to whether or not you believe the Lakers have the capability of doing that. I think a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the supporting cast that that Rob has put together and the, the way the coaching staff has gotten everybody on the same page, I think we're a great team and we're going to respond to that. And so there's nothing more that you can say about it until tomorrow night when we play the Nuggets. They have six losses. We have three losses. So is there a good, it's a matchup in Mile High uh, in Denver, which is very often a tough matchup to go. One of the things, too, I thought about the Mavericks game that was something that you never really know what happens is an afternoon game. Those afternoon games, after everybody is so used to playing every evening, you know, can really have the different effects sometimes. And I think that was true of the Lakers. Uh, I don't know whether they were looking ahead at the road trip or what. They finished that third quarter, and even at the finish, or finished that second quarter with a three-point lead with a great play for LeBron at the end, and you almost had to wonder there, you know, you, you saw the first little signs of LeBron. I saw a few uh, clips from Twitter of LeBron sort of chewing out Danny Green for not hustling back, jogging back on a and missing a layup. So those are the signs that if you're not a great team and you don't have great coaching and great leadership from your superstars, they'll start to fall apart. And they'll start to to basically continue to play at the same level, which as the schedule gets Tougher, and the league and the league starts to understand everybody. Then you don't perform as well. So you have to take your game to another level. You have to you have to elevate your play at various points and times in the season. The Lakers have had two situations where they've done that. Now this is the third situation, and if they do that, I think people will then put them back up on top. If they don't do it, then the concerns that you and and few other people may have could turn into a reality. But it's awful hard for me to lose confidence in LeBron James' ability to get the team motivated and to go out there and, and to contribute to winning the game in Denver and then taking the game in Utah. And I'm not actually really worried about Portland compared to those other two teams. So we'll see what happens. I think we're going to win at least the next three games. And I think we're going to win that road trip. We're going to sweep that road trip and come home. And that'll shut up all of the Boo Birds and the Warriors. Once again, I was speaking to Tom Wong,
0: aka Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. You got to be a part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net, where he, Jamie Sweet, and so many other great people are part of the community. You got to be a part of today, Lakerholics.net. And before we head on out, Laker Tom, I want to ask you real quick what's going on at Lakerholics.net? And just, you know, tell us exactly what's going on with all the great stuff, the great conversations, and why people should be a part of Lakerholics.net.
1: Well, it's been pretty much the same thing as you've been saying, uh, Gerald. We we have a wide range of fans on Lakerholics.net. There's, I'd say, I'd say one third of the fans are probably glass half full guys like myself. One third of them are glass half empty guys who are basically saying, "See, I told you so. This is all been a mirage so far." And then you got the ones in the middle who are basically split. And most of those, I think, in the middle at least at this point in time, are still in support of that. This is a great team. And we should not be pulling any panic stops out and so forth. So there's been a lot of conversation for it. I mean, it's kind of surprising. You usually expect a lot of blogs to explode when the team wins and everybody to just crawl back in their holes when the team loses. That hasn't been the case. We've had, we've had some great conversations going about what's happening with the team, what are the reasons why they need to focus on. A lot of criticism for the third quarter for just not having, you know, not attacking the rim some criticism for AD, for example, for being a little bit too much of a finesse player when he could be a power player if he really put his mind to it. And it was interesting. I mean, one of the things that I think was really stunning that came out was for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both to make a proclamation that the Lakers are not going to lose two games in a row all season. That's something I think that is surprising to me because that, that shows a great deal of confidence because it's, LeBron doesn't normally make proclamations like that, neither does Anthony. They're going to have to walk the talk now because since they've opened their mouth and have really committed that that they're going to make sure that they're not going to lose two games in a row. And you know the minute that they lose two games in a row, which is a very strong possibility with an 82-game season, that uh, they're going to be called the deck on it. Once again, I'm speaking to Laker Tom. you got to be a part of the conversation
0: today at lakerholics.net. I cannot thank you enough for coming back after the Thanksgiving holiday, which I hope was a great one for you, outside of the Lakers and the Niners' loss. Because, like I said, they're still 17-3 and three and 10-2, and two respectively. So times can't be that hard for both teams.
1: No, that's true. And uh, when I consider where we were at the same stage of the season in the last six seasons, either for the Lakers or the Niners, we're in good position at this point in time. It's just that there's good teams out there, you know. These are these are the 450 best basketball players in the world in the NBA. And when you got guys like Luka Doncic, he can he can take a team to a win no matter who he's playing against. And uh, I just give them a lot of credit, you know. Uh, they've got a great coach. Uh, they've got a, a team that can really compete. And they've got a, probably the youngest superstar in the league in Luka Doncic that they do my friend but there's still a lot more coming up this season it
0: is december it is the month that everybody has been talking about and looking forward to the plate is going to be a lot more full for the lakers going forward but i think they're more than up to the challenge myself as well i think they're going to go ahead and surprise some people this month and go ahead and be very competitive and let's go ahead and get some wins out there on the road this week they're at utah they're at portland they're at denver Three tough games on the schedule, but I'll tell you what, they're going to go ahead and shock some people out there and go ahead and make some of those pundits, I think, over the course of the next 30 days see oh, wow. the Lakers in a lot different light as far as where they are in the pantheon of the NBA's Western Conference and that they can compete with the likes of Denver, the Clippers, Houston, and the whole rest of the Western Conference, that they are there, that the 17-3 and record is not fake, that it is a real legit record and that they go ahead and be one of the top teams if not the top team in the western conference
1: i agree 100 percent gerald
0: well all right laker tom i cannot thank you enough for being a part of today's show once again it's the lakers fast break podcast if you have any questions for us or to reach out and you're not on lakerholics.net if you don't want to ask them there if you want to ask for here on the show you can always reach out to us at lakers fast break on twitter or lakers fast break at yahoo.com I'm so excited to see what's coming up on the road ahead for the Lakers. And please again, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we need that five-star review as much as possible so we can go ahead and be more visible to Lakers fans out there and hopefully get our show across to many many more listeners. You've been great already. We've been already listened to a Ton of downloads already, and I cannot thank enough people out there for it. You know, we want to get more visible out there and be able to be heard by a lot more great Lakers fans that want to know more about what's going on with our beloved Los Angeles Lakers. So, Tom, I cannot thank you enough again for being a part of the show, part of the broadcast. Any last thoughts on the way out? You
1: know, there's always these moments in in a season where you find out whether your hopes are hype or whether they're really genuine hopes. I think we're going to find out in the next three games what this team is really made of.
0: I believe so as well. And you know what? Next week, we're going to go ahead and be talking about it again. We'll have a little bit better idea of what's going on with the Lakers. We'll see how mad LeBron is or how glad LeBron is coming up here this time next week after three tough games on the road. But you know what? I think the Lakers, are, again, are more than up to the challenge. And we'll share our thoughts with you right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.